Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Dragged Into Turbo Lasers. This is episode five, and we're a Between the Bolter and Me podcast. My name's Eric Weyer, and I'm joined with full cast tonight by brother Adam. Hey, everyone. Greg. Hey, everybody. It's and me. our good friend, Brad. Hello. Um, so I guess we can get right into it here. Um, and kind of as the standard thing, we're probably going to start here talking a little bit about some of the releases and kind of new model content from that's been revealed over the first half of March. And then go into the main feature of the episode, which is actually going to be talking a little bit about Games Workshop supplement system, having that they just released the Curse of the Wolf and and re-released some previous supplements and added some things or maybe didn't add many things. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we can get that into that a little bit. And if we have a little bit of time, we might talk a little bit about some of the distressing decrease in sculpt quality of <laughs> some of the newer Malifaux releases. But um, uh, I'll leave that if we get to it. Um, so yeah, getting right into new releases for March. Um, I think the first thing that I kind of wanted to point out, uh, Deep Wars has a, or yeah, Deep Wars has a new Kickstarter. Yeah, Kickstarter. I believe called Blood Reef. Yeah, it's called Blood Um, Reef. I don't know if, how people know much about Deep Wars, but it's actually a small skirmish game that we've played off and on for a little while here. And it's like an underwater skirmish game where people have small bands of warriors that actually fight under the ocean. So it's not like land-based stuff. um, They've had a few Kickstarters, one introducing the main game and then some introducing new forces and such. Well, so then they also had sea another, goblins in this. They, they had another game called Shadow Sea, which took place above water, but still incorporated a bunch of the uh, the races from the Deep Wars game that could come up above the water, like the Cephalid Dark Mariners. A lot of those creatures could both fight on land and in the water. And this new Kickstarter is for a new expansion called Blood Reef that can be played in both Deep Wars and Shadow Seas, so you can play stuff on land and in the sea. So it's to kind of tie in with both of those game systems, though I think both of the game systems were very similar. It's just the one had the underwater stuff. And... This is adding yeah. a new a new faction to both games, which is the Nerids, and maybe I pronounced that wrong, but they're sea nymphs from like Greek mythology, <laughs> and they're adding them. And these sea nymphs can fight both on land and in water, so it's the perfect thing to bridge the two games, I guess. I think the most exciting part is there. It looks like they have a model of the Beast of Blood Reef. And that is just like a 20-foot-long shark, model of a shark. And he yeah, it's looks a big vicious. fucking shark. He's, it's huge. It's like the coolest thing about it, yeah. 
when uh, we were talking a little bit before we started to record this, but when Brad saw it, the first thing he thought of was this little plastic shark that he and I got together. We were at some restaurant. Uh, yeah. They had some, I don't know. Came in a drink. Yeah, some special like drink that was, uh, I don't know, I think it was, I don't even know if it was alcoholic, but I think it was primarily just like pink lemonade or red lemonade to like, look like bloody water or something and they came this little plastic shark that we affectionately named Alex and yeah, he looks a lot like Alex <laughs> I mean he's nicer looking an uncanny resemblance well interestingly yeah. the model for Alex was sculpted by some sculptor named Bob Ollie which he's done a lot of stuff for Deep Wars and other games and I feel that people have kind of a love-hate relationship with Bob Ollie some people love his stuff and others find yeah, to hate his stuff. And I would lean towards the camp of saying I don't too much like what he does. <laughs> this big shark's great. Yeah, I like the big shark. I feel like I would be inclined to back it just to get that big shark. He looks like some so that... old venerable creature, almost like a zombie shark. I don't think he's a zombie shark, but reminds me of uh, some stuff in him. Span or some Spanish or Italian rather Italian horror film called Zombie Two. So it was the Italians' <laughs> sequel to Day of the Dead, and there's a scene in there where like a zombie battles a big shark. It's completely <laughs> ridiculous, and that's what he reminds me of. This big shark, pretty great. So look, looking at it though, and I don't know how Kickstarter works because, well, you can't I hate Kickstarter, but. Yeah, is that true? Is there like no, I so, hear like one dollar pledge things, and then like so they've been pretty good about this in the past. They don't oh, necessarily have thirty dollars. The thirty dollars, the thirty dollars pledge is, uh, you, you get the shark and a PDF of the rules for the supplements. So that's what but you they have a thing. They mention it a little bit, I think, in the bottom that you can just pledge any amount of money, not one of the reward pledges. And they have kind of a, almost like a spreadsheet blood breakdown that for every, I don't know what it is, $10, you that's a 30 millimeter based guy or something like, I don't know. So I've done it in the past. I think with their Shadow Seas Kickstarter that I just put up some money and then after the Kickstarter was done, they just send you a thing like, what do you actually want? So yeah. okay, it's, it's fine. You can get whatever. But I think it looks like they, in addition to a few of those models, um, they're releasing a updated version of the rules at 2.5. For um, seems like they've changed a few things, um, expanded some things, and I, don't know, I feel that some might be somewhat interested in because I think it was a pretty good rule system. Um, and I guess, admittedly, this you have to pay for an updated rule system where in the past they would incrementally FAQ stuff and just send you new versions of the PDFs. They were pretty good about that. But this, I guess they're maybe the revisions are so much they're not anymore. But they said they suggested here if you already have it, they'll sell it to you at like a 40% discount or something. So I don't know. It's not too bad. And I suspect from that point on, they'll probably send you updated versions. So, yeah. I don't Seems know. Like I'll, I'll be, 
interested to see what, where it goes. Seems like a fairly modest Kickstarter too. Once again, without knowing anything of a pledge, like a goal of eight thousand dollars, doesn't seem to. Yeah, antimatter. Yeah, I mean, all, they only started a day or two. Antimatter Games has always okay. been good about that. I mean, they've had a couple Kickstarters to help fund some stuff, but they've always been a low amount. Um, so they, I never felt like they were abusing the Kickstarter thing. I mean, because they legitimately are yeah, a cause... small company. Yeah, like Antimatter Games, the company, like at least when it started, it's practically just the one guy, Eric Lachard, I think that might be how you say his name. He like adapted a rule system and basically wrote the rules for Deep Wars. And um, it was based on an old Song of Blades rule set that he modified to use underwater. And so he's the main author on the rule book. He's also one of the main sculptors. He sculpted a lot of the initial Deep Wars models as well. So I feel like, most of the best models, which is kind of neat. So it's a pretty yeah. So it's a pretty small operation in that like. The guy who wrote the rules sculpted most of the models. Well, I guess him and Bob Oily. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it's a it's a neat company and played it a bunch. And, yeah, yeah I guess there's, there's no sense in dwelling on this too much, but I guess anyone who's interested in small skirmish level games and think the notion of playing a game underwater where swimming to different depths and stuff actually affects combat like give this a look into like it's neat yeah um i guess then maybe we can move on to the next topic which is i guess age of sigmar age of sigmar is back everybody hooray stormcast eternals just when you thought they couldn't have any more (laughs) they're back yeah, and luckily, it's like, well, I guess when you hear Storm or um, Age of Sigmar is back, you know that can only mean one of two things. Either some new corn models are being released, <laughs> or uh, the uh, Stormcast, and well, it's the latter in that there's some Stormcast models. I would argue there's a third option for that, that some's getting reboxed with round bases. That's... <laughs> That's the third Age of Sigmar release. Yes, it's true. But this, it's a Stormcast thing. So like most of the Stormcast releases, like overall last summer, it was basically just a multi-part box set of a model that came in the starter set. <laughs> um, and in this case, it's the a box of two um, guys sort of riding these dragon horse-like things called Drakoths. Um, and the the starter set came with like a Lord Celestint riding one of these things. And this box set actually just comes with two multi-part models to make two of them. And one can actually be made into one of the, like a Lord Celestint to like lead your forces. So anyone who kind of has a sense of what that model was from the starter set should have a pretty good idea of what these look like. So, big Space Marine-ish guy on a big... Sort of awkward-looking half-dragon, half-cat thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest, it's not all that cool. 
It's not all that cool. I feel they're they're modeled nicely enough, but um, it's not that awesome. I, I mean, I think it's like sixty dollars for two of them, which isn't the worst thing. Um, although, admittedly, they probably like have a couple formations that, like, if you have eight of these, you'll get <laughs> a bunch of great bonuses, yeah. which. Is there still a role for stupidity in the game? Because it looks like these dragon things have heads so small that they could hardly house a brain. Do they suffer from stupidity? (laughs) I I think some models might have that incorporated into their rules somehow, but they there isn't like a stupidity rule. Like there aren't special rules like that don't exist in the game anymore, really. Yeah, it's on a model per model basis. So I suspect they did not include something, but yeah, their heads are pretty small. It's all teeth. You could horns. you could forge your own narrative, though, Greg. You could have your models act dumb if you want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I could just play horribly with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but I, the riders look—they look good on I mean, the roll. Like cast, but they have their big crests and stuff. At the start of the yeah, thing about the like, crests. So we decided that the dwarves' crests were real hair. Do you think that's <laughs> their real hair? No. Hmm. I hope it is, but I don't think it is. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just like they painted the dragons like this dark blackish blue. It. I don't know. They just they just look weird. They look so weird. But the guys, they have a whole host of different weapons that you can put them on, which are basically just the paladin weapons, which the paladins were the more the larger Terminator-like guys. So these are basically just those paladins on riding these things. So you get the big hammers, you get the uh, pole arms with the sword at the end. <laughs> um, you get and you get some these crossbows, which I think the crossbows look pretty cool. Um, they aren't that gigantic. I mean, they're still pretty big, but they're not. The ones with the crossbows, I like how they have like a little leather strap on their back, which they have their sword strapped up. Mm-hmm. So they have a sword, a round shield, and their rather large crossbow. They could actually shoot that crossbow from the mouth. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, so if, I feel if you like the Stormcast Eternal stuff and you're not that upset with the, the dragon thing, you'd be pretty pleased with them. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. They look pretty convincing how they're sitting and perched on the dragons as well, so uh, they're pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it hasn't been officially announced, but the pictures are all over the internet. Um, this week, they're putting up on pre-order this big dragon thing called the Star Drake. Um, I don't know yeah, if it's people an even have seen bigger it, version of one with wings. Yeah, pretty much. And there've been a bunch of leaked pictures of like different screenshots from the White Dwarf magazine, but there's been no picture of the back of the dragon. Yeah, I want to see his <laughs> I want to see his hind quarters and his legs and shit. Like that matters. Yeah, that matters. Does he have a tail? But he, he does have a tail. Okay. 
It's hard like, to tell. He has his like... wings are his wings are angled downwards, shielding the back hind quarters <laughs> of him. So in all the pictures, like they're showing his cool face and stuff, but you can't see his. Don't look back here. I'm ashamed. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's what he's yelling like. No, no, don't take a picture <laughs> of my hind quarters. No. Could be. Yeah, well, maybe he has a big armor plate on his back, too. I hope. Maybe. I mean, it's a Warhammer. Because honestly, it kind of looks like a juggernaut. Juggernaut, bitch. Well, his yelling face (laughs) is the staple of Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah. I think the head head of the dragon is good. He looks nice. It's the most dragon-like dragon I've seen in a while from him. The dragon yeah, has some That's substantial fair. heft to it. Like, a lot of the old GW dragons were so spindly and pathetic looking. This actually looks like it might be powerful. He looks a little bit like the expensive as hell model of Smog. Schmaug! Schmaug! He's, he's, he's a reasonable 100 This model's a reasonable $140. That, is he <laughs> really that cheap? That's how much he is, yeah. Whereas Schmaug is uh, oh, like six hundred dollars or something. Jeez, yeah. Was it a resin? Or I mean, I think it was some resin. It was a resin thing that they only cast a bunch of them. So, which probably means that when they make the Hobbit five, um, six, and seven, um, <laughs> they'll re-release Schmaug in a plastic form. Yeah, the Hobbit five, six, and seven, also known as the Silver. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's obviously not, but uh... yeah, let's let's hope not. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see pictures. At least when they release the official stuff, we'll be out of three sixty this thing and see what's hidden behind those wings. Yeah, hopefully it's something great. Maybe there's just a lack of detail back there. Maybe there's a big skull back there. It looks like there are scales and shit. Maybe. Big old skull. The looks alright. I mean, I don't think he looks as good as the Celestins on, like, the the smaller things, but he's not bad. The plumed helmet looks pretty stupid, I think. Well, I mean, this just gets back to, like, the problem with a lot of the classic Warhammer, like, larger monsters and stuff. There's not an obvious way the person could ride the beast. And so they create these, like, elaborate saddle throne things that they're... Well, at least it's not an anvil. Yeah. It would have been it's cool not an anvil, anvil, that's true. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the Stormcast joins up with the... Uh... The dwarves at the, at the at the magma park and has a good like you know it could almost be like they could release specialist games and it comes back they could release their own new sports game to it's a little bit faster paced than Dreadball whereas everyone rides around their big monsters. So <laughs> looking closer at this, I will say the front leg of legs of this dragon like they are pretty wonky looking. Like, what the fuck is going on there? Like, what is that a knee? Are their knees yeah, covered? But weird. there's no, like... It's weird. Like, whoosh. It's really weird. 
I don't feel that that looks like it would make much anatomical sense at all. Maybe that's what he's yelling about. <laughs> Why didn't you give me legs? <laughs> Games Workshop, why would you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, he's, like he's forever encased in his rage. Poor little guy. Yeah. yeah, there's well, there's the one that's screaming in rage, and the other one that's just sort of given up and is now apathetic about it. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, well, you might be able to create a nice worming out of this. Remove the front legs, move, <laughs> move the wings <laughs> up. <laughs> Could be good. Could be good. Yeah, maybe. Or you could make a cool Warhammer 40,000 conversion where you cut off the legs and put on, like, turbine things or, like, or like jetpack yeah, thruster things where Thrusters. all four of the legs should have been. Or it could be a cool fire drake conversion for your chaos space. A hell drake conversion. Or, okay, hell yeah, drake. there you go. Hell I don't drake. know what they're called. Just combine some cool words together and you could get it. Fire Drake, Hell Drake, yeah, Hell Drake, Cool Drake, the Meteor Smasher, something, something, going yeah. to the Sin of Damnation. Yeah, Sin of Damnation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I feel we've talked enough about these Age of Sigmar models. It'll be interesting to see if there's anything new down the road other than Reboks and Orcs and. Oh. Quick, quick aside: Are they making a new, a whole new book for the the Stormcast to put this stuff in? I thought it I looks saw like they're releasing an, a, a smaller book that's okay. just like maybe a thirty dollars soft cover thing. Okay, to, in, yeah, to expand the narrative and add some of that stuff. So yeah, yeah that I for whatever. I bought the first Stormcast Eternal book, the electronic version of it, and never read it. Maybe I should read it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't know. It might be worth reading. Yeah. All right, let's soldier on. Talk for 20 oh. minutes. Yeah, well, talked about models. That's what our blog and stuff's yeah, about, so. right? Yeah. Well, so moving on to the episode features, the... um. The main thing we wanted to talk about was uh, GW's obsession with uh, supplements. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems like it. instead of, or like it seems they're kind of new strategy rather than just constantly re-releasing or like rewriting their codex books, they are on a kick of releasing like sort of advancing narrative sort of stuff via supplements in which they'll basically take two or three armies and write about some conflict they had together, release a supplement talking about that, that extends some of the rules for those two, perhaps three armies um, as a way that they can then, you know, like add new orc units or new Tau units, that sort of thing. Um, and it's a sort of an interesting strategy um, I guess it started where, like, a couple years ago with, I think it was their Sanctus Reach, um, mm. like, supplement box, which was 
dealing with some orcs and well, primarily orcs and space wolves. Um, yeah, it, I think in the later books, the gray knights and demons show up, but they didn't get any models. So, I mean, I so love I love yeah. the orcs, and I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I think one of the main things that sort of accompanied most of these sorts of supplements was they would release like a a box set that, or at least initially that came with, like, a small force of, like, both armies. And with the Sanctus Reach stuff, they released a thing that had a bunch of Space Wolves and a bunch of Orcs. And they had two new models, a Space Wolf leader guy, which maybe his name's Crawl or Crom, whatever. We talked about him last time, actually. Mm -hmm. That looks a little bit like the um, Space Wolf on the, like, fourth or third edition cover him they released him and an orc war boss which have now a couple of years later sort of been re-released but they started to do this with the supplements um did, then they did it later with the shield of ball supplements which were blood angels and tyranids and they kind of did it again with the more recent Warzone damocles stuff with like monka and I don't even remember what it's called, but they had Tau and Raven Guard. But in that case, they actually separated the Tau and the Raven Guard into two separate boxes. But having seen all that stuff, they kind of have a strategy that I think was sort of started with the End Times format with Warhammer, where when they were doing the End Times thing, they would release like a rather expensive, like I don't know, $75 ish dollar thing of two books packaged together in some slipcase, one of which was primarily background and the other was a bunch of rules. And these supplements kind of follow that same sort of thing in which, yeah, they were each supplement has a background thing and a set of rules. And at least for the 40K stuff, seems that they tend to release one of those $75 set of books and then a little bit later release another one and that kind of fills out and finishes that arc. So it's kind of expensive, but... Um, yeah. Well, some positives I think from this is that, uh, like you said, those like starter sets, um, they're a pretty decent deal, I feel... Um, I guess sometimes you get saddled with models you wouldn't otherwise purchase, but. Uh, well, most of the time they're at least now just the normal multi-part plastic kits and they're not some like doctored up release to make like snap fit models. Yeah. yeah, now that is true. They were straight up just normal, normal box sets put together in one. So that is nice. Well, I feel one of the big reasons why they're probably doing this is just because it gives them a means where they can start releasing new units and new models for the game. And not feel burdened yeah, to have to release the whole codex. Yeah, because like in the past, they would release a codex that was filled with different interesting units, and they might not actually have a unit or models for them for like a year or two. And then I guess they ran into some legal trouble with other companies trying to make 
essentially make those units. So I think now they're trying to be a little safer about it. And whatever they release, whatever books they release, they have to have models for all of the entries. So this kind of gets around that need. They can release new models at more of a leisurely pace and then just release these supplement books that have the rules for them. And then in addition to that, kind of advance some narrative or story behind the forces involved. Yeah. I think the thing I dislike the most about these sort of like supplement things is it kind of reminds me um, of like the, you know, Codex Armageddon and that sort of stuff. And like what happens to some of the units and stuff in, in these supplements when like we move on to the next edition or whatever. And like, mm -hmm. I think well, it's I think a very gray yeah, area. Well, one thing that has been somewhat interesting, at least for the, uh, Damocles stuff with the Tau, they actually like at that time put, took that as an opportunity to reprint the Tau Codex, adding those new units to it and said like, Hey guys, like if you already have the Tau Codex, it really hasn't changed except some new units were added. So you don't really have to buy the Codex. You can just buy the <laughs> like $150 worth of supplement <laughs> books to get those units. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm just saying that at least in some cases they have taken it as an opportunity to reprint those older books with the slight changes so yeah yeah but it's it's somewhat interesting i feel admittedly i haven't gotten any of these supplements because they're 75 dollars for like each of them and none of them really have dealt with armies on you know but eric you have a blood with. angels army i could have sworn you got shield of ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like a tactical squad of Blood Angels, I admit it. <laughs> and a command squad painted in Blood Angels colors. That's yep. true. Storm Bowls are captain with a jump pack. Yeah, Don't forget him. Yeah, well. Um, never forget. Never yeah, forget. If anything, I think it's neat that they're, they have also used it as an opportunity to do a little bit more with the storyline. Admittedly, nothing is thus far like really advanced it into like the 42nd millennium for example but at least they're like wolf on back doing something yeah which admittedly the newest one is the wolfen thing which they've only which i think they were called as warzone fenris um which they've only released the first of these 75 dollar books and that actually seems to have partially involved the dark angels which i play the most um Eric, why you you need to get that? Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. It seems the changeling was aboard one of the Dark Angels battle cruisers, and it's the oh, demon fooled the for, entire chapter. They use him for fucking everything. Well, who's the changeling? He does seem kind of a special character, Zinch special character that can change into stuff. He tricked the whole Dark Angels Legion to bring the or chapter to bring the Rock to Fenris. It seemed like that's kind of what he did, although admittedly, oh. <laughs> <laughs> admittedly oh, everyone no. was kind of upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very true. But admittedly, the Grey Knights seem to have been there too, and like, maybe them Eric, I, you need you need to read this and tell us about yeah. it in a future podcast. Yeah, we, I want to know. We need an update. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, I mean, so admittedly, to... I think in it, like, Fenris and, like, the planets in the Fenris system or whatever are, like, completely overrun with demons. So perhaps oh, they will not okay. actually, in the next book, make it into a big thing. It's just like, oh, we were firing on the demon-infested planet because there were demons there. The Grey Knights have our back. They They believe us. So too. to comment on the Blood Angels army that Eric has, this can this goes back the whole way to when the three of us started to play Warhammer in the second edition of the game. The box game ha- came with two tactical squads and like twenty orc boys and like forty Gretchen. We knew so little about the game that we thought <laughs> that you were supposed to paint each tactical squad from a different space marine chapter so we painted one dark angels and one blood angels and then pretty quickly realized our folly <laughs> yeah yeah it's true well we realized our folly but then we continued to build both forces for like a year or two well that's yeah, just like they released marine. some neat well actually no but remember the second edition Blood Angels Codex was it was like the Angels of Death. It had both the Blood yeah, Angels it, and yeah, the Dark Angels a... in it. So I feel maybe we thought there were some cool models from each of the chapters, and we're like, oh my god, let's get some cool things from all the forces. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I don't know. We we've hit our, a stumbling block here. Uh, Looks like the program we're using to record all of the vocal tracks and caster. It looks like a couple of us have dropped out. Uh-oh. So we're wondering if all the vocal <laughs> yeah. tracks have recorded. They haven't. Oh, sweet mother of God. So it looks like. Should looks I like, close um, this one? Nah, no. Nah, to me, it looks like only you, Adam, or Adam is, is not in here. Oh, I tried oh. to paste the thing back you could try to join again sorry everybody Te- technical difficulties nothing ever goes too smoothly no well so i don't even quite where were we we were talking about our blood angels and dark angels army no. how the <laughs> dark angels were fooled into flying to fenris by the changeling um yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to read, actually read all the stuff, and maybe I'll do that. But yeah, paying seventy five dollars to have that. I mean, I guess there's there's digital versions of them that are a little bit cheaper. Fifty dollars as opposed to seventy five dollars. That's not too good. Not yeah. too good. Well. No, it's not. So kind of in the same sense, but not really the Orc Codex supplement. There was an Orc Codex. That was a scam. I don't even know. There was such a thing. So I am so early for 40k. Why was it a scam, Brad? Inform me. Well, I mean, you kind of probably remember this, Greg. After... The first seventh edition codex was the Orc Codex. Yeah. And like a week after it, or they had another codex called like Wog Ascal. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a supplement book. It's that. Well, haven't they kind of always been yeah. doing that? Like the Dark Angels Codex, they had the Homoculus Coven's book with some stuff. Haven't they done a lot of that? 
or I might. Yeah, just, but they re-released it, and they fooled me into thinking it'd have fun things in it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so they like re-released recently the wall Gazgakal thing or something? Yep, with yeah. a new Decurian style, or however yeah, you say so that. I think the main thing was, like, the orcs, since they were the first codex, they didn't have that Decurion, Necron style um, way to field your army that, like, no. tells you to get a bunch of this stuff and you'll get all these benefits. With That the, that was first introduced, yeah, with the Necron thing, hence the Decurion's kind of what everyone calls these things. But every single codex since has had one of these things, and like when they released, kind of re-released the Tau book through one of these supplements, they added their own, I think, or at least I assume they did, a Decurion type thing. And so as kind of a pseudo way to do this for the orcs, they um, you released this and said, we're giving you a Decurion. And that's what they did and not much else. And I don't know, is that, is their new Decurion thing, is it any good? Uh no. Like it 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 only worked really for like really large games. Um like two thousand and over. Um because the one the one yeah, the the forced formations you're forced to take, one of which composes of like six squads of boys, a squad of knobs, and like a squad of Gretchen, I guess. That's all you'd want, though. <laughs> well, I think, from what I had heard, like the Decurion isn't necessarily horrible. It's just it only really works in one way you'd play the list, and that's in which when you have Gazcall, and he, like mm-hmm. the only way you can get him in this is by spending like 700 points to get this big Death Star of some more bosses, Gazcall, like uh, Grotznik, and all this stuff. Um, that isn't necessarily bad, but if you don't really like the whole Death Star type play, you might not be that thrilled with it because you can't just get him. You have to get this Death Star of all these units. But I think it allows, gives him a like a two plus invulnerable save or something. What it, yeah, what the it. formation does is every every turn he calls the wall, he gets a plus two invulnerable save. You can wall on every turn, so... Does he become invisible, too? <laughs> if he doesn't do that, he's probably not competitive. <laughs> it also doesn't give him a jump pack. No jump packs. No. <laughs> it's one of the psychic powers. Or one of the... In the psychic people. Yeah, like. from what I understand, it's like the go-to thing in competitive play. At least for, I think... Um, chaos. The only way they can be good is by getting a bunch of or using invisibility to make their units. You can only hit on sixes and stuff. One could say the orcs get have invisibility competitively because no one plays them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, invisibility in like the least enjoyable sense. <laughs> Yeah, they're just they're just not in existence, which is a shame because I think the orc models in general, or at least the Brian Nelson era ones, are pretty great. Seb's made some pretty good ones too. 
Yeah, Seb made the new Archeon model, best model. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, everyone knows it. Yeah, we know it. <laughs> yeah, you know, or GW thought it was the best model. In their most recent White Dwarf magazine, they had top 10 best models of the year. Archeon was number one. Yeah, how did that win? Well, is that number 2016? Three? 2015, I think. They released their fave, like, GW's declared best models, which in itself is sort of weird. But they said the best model was was Archeon, or I don't even know how you pronounce his name, him. They said he was the best model. I mean, he's mm. fine. But, but, does anyone remember what this number two was? Hmm. Like, they did that thing. Are you talking about the thing they did around the holidays? I'm pretty sure. Well, they, they I think they last year they did it around the holidays, and okay. this year I think they just did it. Yeah, it was or in the more it. recent White Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I do remember the third favorite was that Dark Angels Interrogator Chaplain, <laughs> <laughs> which in itself is kind of a joke. They, the, the Night Titan was like number eight. They couldn't put it at number one two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but it still came into play because they released it, it both years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, but yes, I don't know. I'm sure they'll continue to release supplement stuff. Like, and yeah, maybe kind of at the exclusion of re releasing books, which. In some sense, it's nice in that you don't have to necessarily keep rebuying your codex, but but you can if you duped into it. Yeah, but so in some sense, I feel I would rather just like I would rather them like guys we shit the bed with the org codex <laughs> and like we're just going to actually redo it rather than put on like a pathetic band aid, you know, and like actually like we need some serious work here. I mean, it works fine for some armies that weren't horrible to begin with. Like, they're not going to fix the Dark Eldar book by, like, <laughs> releasing a Decuron type thing for them, you know? Like, that yeah. won't do it. And Maybe so they'll give the, them a Lord of War. I mean, even with the Tyranids, like, I feel they've been... More than most of the armies, they've been continually releasing kits. Part of it was through their... Um, Leviathan Shield of Ball thing that they released, like the Tyranid Drop Pod, and they released a bunch of big things that I think were all right. But even adding a bunch of new units doesn't change the fact that, like, the army isn't that great. Like, it needs more of a substantial revision, I think. Whereas, like, it might work fine, you know, with Space Marines, like, they're fine, and like, adding more formations for them will be good, but. Although I guess, you know, to be honest, we don't really play the game, so we're certainly yeah, not in a competitive sense where this matters. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it just matters in the sense that you kind of hope the rules aren't totally horrible in that maybe people, other than just hobbyists, but people who actually play the game would be excited about it and want to continue to buy models and, like, increase the appeal of the hobby. But, uh, yeah. well, whatever. Um, I guess we had mentioned at the beginning that perhaps we could talk a little bit 
about Malifo and the state of their models. And I don't want to believe this is an this important too topic, much, but we can, but we can say a little bit about it. And I think I would start saying like Malifo when it was first released, first edition. Like I had seen a lot of stuff about it, but it didn't appeal to me that much because I would see like the boxes of their different masters in like the hobby shops and such, and there would be these kind of bad-looking single-cast metal models that even if the concept behind the master was cool, the models just didn't look that good. And But admittedly, most of the concepts didn't even seem that cool either. <laughs> but I think it was mainly I didn't love the models that much. But that kind of changed when they released this second edition and started to... Um, pretty much redesign all the stuff, digitally sculpt them on the computer. And by and large, almost all their original models were pretty good. Even if you, like, even if you weren't that thrilled with like the concept, like maybe you're not that jammed about uh, zombie prostitutes, but they're still were nicely made and stuff. And it led us to actually start to look into the game and play it a little bit and I really like the system. I feel the rule system with the fate deck cards and such is really neat and it allows you a lot of control over the game itself and it's not just strictly random like well you rolled poorly and you're going to suffer for it like the fact that you have a whole deck of cards to work with and a hand of cards that you can use to modify stuff I thought was pretty neat. But um, as of late I feel the models aren't as nice looking as they had been. Um, and to preface this, I should say that Malifaux has always had a pretty distinct style in which all the characters are really thin, really long legs, pretty slender and such, which in itself is perhaps not that anatomically correct, but it was never done to the ex- too much to the extreme. But I feel as of late, um, a lot of the models being released have taken this like above and beyond what they had been doing before to the point that I feel almost all their models look bad, not just like a stylistic choice that it's just they don't look good. And But the thing that I think is this, the weirdest, a lot of the like the artwork for the models look fine like their proportions are fine they're not that over the top but then once they actually get the the 3d renders of the models they like make their legs about twice as long and their head about twice as small and some of the stuff just looks ridiculous yeah which like i guess some of the newer models like they made the one it's a I think it's sort of a mercenary guy named Sue, which has like, he's sort of a cowboy looking dude with a guitar. And like, I was pretty excited about the model. Cause the, the picture looks nice. He looks cool. Cowboy hat, like single action army and a guitar, like an acoustic guitar. But when they released the model, and we actually have a post about this that kind of shows some of the stuff. And if you, you can find some pictures, like you look at the picture and he looks cool. But, like, when you look at the model, like, his legs, like, the shin of the model 
is like about as long as the actual leg should be practically. And his head is like smaller than his knee. And like, yeah. <laughs> they just don't look good. And it, it's not even a thing you could easily convert. Like maybe you could try to chop off some of their ankles and shorten that stuff, but you're not going to be able to like, it will be hard. Double the size of their heads. And again, like a lot of the stylistic, it's sort of a stylistic thing, but I feel for whatever reason, the current digital sculptors Ward is using has like just went overboard with this style to its detriment. There's this Neverborn guy like Tuco or something that I think like the artwork for him was cool and I think he was just very recently released and like looking at it like it is laughable how long his legs are which I mean I guess he's a neverborn so he's a demon or something so maybe you can explain that away but like but I mean his his body is also super long too and I mean if you look at the art for him he doesn't look like that yeah and I, I guess yeah, it's just unfortunate because, like, you get one of, like, the Shifted Loyalties book, which, you know, has a whole bunch of additional units and stuff. And you look through it and it has all this colorful, interesting art. And if you see something that you're excited about, like, at least at the rate they're going, the model probably isn't going to be worth getting. And, like, they actually just this week, or I think, released the first concept art for a new game they're working on, which... I don't even quite remember what it's called, but it looks like it's a game that's going to focus around the, the other side. Setting. Yeah, it's called the yeah, <laughs> the other side. That's right. That just fe- features Earth. You know, because Malifaux's all about people from Earth found some way to portal or something to this weird city town called Malifaux. But this is dealing with this other side. Yeah, they released a pretty neat concept art of some. Uh, girl who I think's the leader of some faction or something that reminds me a lot of Dante from Devil May Cry, like the red jacket, mm. big sword type thing. That looks good, but I feel like if almost it's... invariably, if they if what they're doing now, if they make a model of her, her head will be incredibly small, and her legs will be two times as long as they need to be like they won't follow they won't follow the the picture as a guide because the illustration like her legs are proper are proper in length <laughs> and her proportions are fine so i yeah, yeah. i guess i hope that doesn't happen but oh yeah it's uh, it's upsetting maybe it's a phase and they'll grow out of it well, I mean, they still do. Re- they they release a lot of models pretty quickly, and I mean, they they still do release some nice ones. But yeah, I would agree. Some of the ones they've released are so are so objectionable. Like it completely discolors everything else, and I'm tempted not to even look any further at the other stuff they're releasing. So I guess do we want to transition into your current projects? Yeah, I feel that's 
probably where we should go, yeah. Yeah, so I think you're going to continue to try to paint some more models. Yeah, no, I'm working on, currently I'm working on painting all the bases to all the other conversions I've done. And then I will probably transition into painting the final two, like, battle sister, like, battle sister models that I converted. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll work my way from there. Yeah, and then I guess in kind of a little bit different, we're also doing a bunch of stuff with Kingdom Death again, primarily because... Adam Poots finally sent out all the expansions that he released. Um, and we got a whole bunch of them and have slowly started to unbox them and actually put them on up on our YouTube channel, some of those unboxings, and have also started to just assemble some of them and show some pictures of that up on the blog. Hopefully we'll actually be able to uh, play, play the game, the game again. <laughs> And see how some of these things work and if they make the game more enjoyable, a little bit less frustrating than it had been. Mm-hmm. So I feel Kingdom Death in general will need to be the subject of another expansion because it's kind of at a weird place. Like really great production values, good concept, some sort of wonky rules in some sense, and a price tag so large that no one could ever really get it. Unless you paid, like, a fourth of that for the Kickstarter, which is what we did. (laughs) But... Brad, are you doing stuff? Are you doing stuff, Brad? I'm working on some Gene Steeler cult models since I picked up Death Watch Overkill, so... Yeah, now that I'm excited to actually try to play the game. It seems kind of straightforward and fun. Yeah, I I like the effort they put into it so far. It's it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah, and like the um, from the little I saw the instruction manual for it looked really nice, like really good um, graphic design and the inclusion of kind of narrative story elements within the book that actually means something I think is nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that touch. It wasn't just an afterthought. They actually cared about that. Yeah. Not just like, we need to release models and shit out some game to go along with it, which I mean, admittedly, the game might not be like the best thing, but the fact that they included some narrative stuff to go along with it, that they actually cared about is nice. How many models have you assembled thus far, Brad? <laughs> Uh, five seems pretty good yeah yeah i'm pretty pleased um i'm trying to make um them be on like tech bases and that's kind of slowing the process Uh down well so i need to get some of the models and i can help you assemble yeah that'd be handy all right well thanks everybody for listening and i'll talk to you again soon bye